Hi, welcome to the Romance Me podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Em, and we'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan. Are your mind demons still waiting? Your mind demons? Yes. They sent me a meme thing. It relates to that meme. I'm not as creepy as... Or... Or... Well, you kind of are. Yeah. Let's be honest. (laughs) I don't think I am, though. A bit. Okay. (laughs) Hey, it's been a good ride this time. Let's just keep on trucking. (laughs) Don't Uh. rock the boat. The boat is fine where it is. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be mm. this is gonna be a thing, isn't it? All right, Woo-hoo, let's get into oh, it. Oh, we got snarky M today, everyone. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, today we'll be discussing "Dark Lover" by J.R. Ward. Although Beth doesn't know it yet, she's the product of a vampire-human relationship and will soon be going through her own transition to become. A vampire. Her unknown vampire father secures the word of Wrath, the last full-blood vampire, to help her through this transition. Once they meet, they form an instant connection and bond. However, vampires aren't the only ones on the hunt, and Wrath and Beth must now protect each other. There will be spoilers beyond this point. Well, Erica, who's protecting Beth when the story starts? <laughs> Hey, you said you wanted to start off with Beth. Literally no one because, yeah, poor Beth. Seriously. I think I spent a lot of this book going poor Beth. (laughs) Poor, poor, pitiful her. Yeah, Beth, Beth is a journalist. She works for a newspaper in Caldwell, New York. And even though this story takes place during what I presume to be present day, her job is rife with misogynism as so many jobs are yeah her creepy boss you know likes to stare at her cleavage and she doesn't get to do any of the fun stories she gets to do boring stories and also like copy editing (laughs) yay she stayed at work late doing her stuff and as she's walking down the block back to her apartment she is accosted by a dude a giant I think younger dude, like a teen, right? He's he's like 18. Yeah, she's 25 and he's 18 and he's got a buddy. Yeah, and it turns bad really quickly. Oh, shit. Should we have done content warning, Em? We'll just be brief. <laughs> okay, uh, potential, potential content warning for the next like 20 seconds or so. Okay, listeners? Stick your fingers in your ears for like 20 seconds. Things turn really bad for her. And she gets pretty molested and gropied and start, you know, rape is attempted, but... It is not succeeded at, because she saves herself. Yeah, she manages to hurt the dude's nuts and run off. Hey, grab sensitive shit and save yourself. Okay, it's safe now. You can listen again. <laughs> Gosh, we're usually so good about that. We are. I blame the daylight. She, she runs to her apartment and she is justifiably upset, you know, crying in the shower type of upset. She gets a call from one of her friends who's a cop because she's befriended all the cops 
because she's a journalist and she likes getting tips and stuff like that. And he calls her to give her a tip and can hear something's wrong, but she she blows it off and says she may or may not come down to the crime scene that he tells her about. She makes the attempt to go to the crime scene, but once she's there, she runs into one of the other cops named Butch, who's like Mr. Tough Guy. They're all Mr. Tough Guys. Yeah. But Butch is, is your stereotypical, like, hard-nosed, tough cop dude. Uses uh, questionable strategies to put the bad guys away. He can tell something's wrong with her right away. And she does not want to talk about it at all at this point. And so she ends up going back home. Yeah, he's really invested in her, and I don't really know why. Do you know why? Because she's hot. Ah. And she's nice. Right, because he's grumpy, so if someone's nice to him, it's, it turns into a thing. I don't know. All the cops are, like, halfway in love with her, though. Like, you get the impression that, you know, she could have any one of those people. Well, the one guy's married, so in theory, not him. Mm. I said in theory. I don't know. He claims to be happily married, and it's... I'm choosing to believe him. Maybe he's one of those that's like, well, if I were single. Yes, but he's not. Okay, so we're going to rewind like a couple hours. <laughs> so now. Oh, that was your rewind sound. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Sorry. Dude, I tried. Sorry. I'm trying to be fun. I'm trying to make this a fun thing. You don't need to try to be fun. You are fun. (laughs) Okay. Well, pretend there's a rewind sound. (laughs) This book has a ton of lore. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I'm going to explain the lore a little bit now. So then I don't have to like catch us later and do a little catch up thing. Okay. So the vampires are a chosen creation created by this goddess i suppose who's known as the virgin scribe the virgin scribe created vampires as a race and was like woohoo go forth and be happy on this planet with humans the humans don't know about the vampires or at least a lot of them don't most of them don't vampires do drink human blood but they don't like it and the type of blood that they need to survive is the blood of another vampire who is the opposite sex of them, right? Yes. So often you'll be a vampire in a relationship with someone else who's also a vampire and you drink each other's blood. That's how you survive. Now, humans and vampires can interbreed, but the less vampire blood you have in you, the less likely it is that you'll be able to successfully transition from a human to a vampire at the age of 25. The beautiful age of wonder (laughs) where all partial blooded vampires may potentially turn into actual vampires. And your car insurance goes down. (laughs) (laughs) That too. I mean, 25 is a wonderful age, (laughs) y'all. So, while Beth is still at work, we're now in a different location, which is a club called Screamers, which is where vampires hang out, and we're in the mind of Darius, who 
unbeknownst to Beth, is Beth's vampire dad. And her whole life, he's basically stalked her, but it's sweet, I guess, supposedly. Do you think it's sweet? Or do you think it's creepy by another name? I don't know. Vampires are so weird. Um, They live like hundreds and hundreds of years. I don't even know what is normal for them. I don't. Uh. And the way they explained it to her later when she found out that he like followed her throughout her life and all this was that he was hoping that she wouldn't transition to vampire and she would live a human life. And I guess, I mean, I guess if I'm being kind, then I could see where that would be a cultural norm for vampires because how often would they have to outlive people? Yeah, I mean, it would really suck, pun intended, (laughs) to form a relationship with your half-vampire children for them only to die because they lived a human lifespan. Yeah. Like the longer you live, the faster time goes, right? Time is relative. Mm-hmm. So a human life probably seems so short to them. Do we know how old Darius is? Because I know love interest dude is like 300 years. No, we don't. Okay. But I think he's supposed to be older than than love interest dude. So he's 300 plus. I mean, I think it's safe to say Darius is pretty old. But at any rate, Darius has been keeping track of his daughter and is worried about her potential upcoming transition. And so he wants the biggest, baddest, bestest vampire to help her through her transition. Part of the transition process is to drink the blood of another vampire to help them transition. Darius wants Wrath, who is the last full-blooded vampire and his bud, to agree to help Beth through her transition. And he says to him, You don't have to marry her or anything like that. I just want you to give her your blood because your blood is the best blood. And I want her to have a good chance to survive. And Wrath, who has his grumpy pants on, says no (laughs) because he's an asshole. Yeah. And so Darius is like, well, crap. And he gets in his car to drive home and his car blows the fuck up, killing him. Oops. Yes. Yes. And that, my friends, is the crime that Beth got the tip about. See how we've come full circle? Yes. It's like this nice little little circle of life. <laughs> Let's talk about Wrath, because Wrath is special. <laughs> I am biting my tongue. Wrath is the last full-blood vampire left in the world. Aww. As the last vampire, he is the king of vampires. But... Like any other good romance alpha hero, he does not want this responsibility. He would rather be in his bro club, the Black Dagger Brotherhood, and go around and kill bad dudes. At the beginning of the story, he doesn't want to be king. He's not king. All the vampires wish he would just step up and be king. And he's like, no, (laughs) I don't feel like it. He's the anti-Simba. He can so wait to be king. (laughs) I can so wait to be king. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The reason Wrath doesn't want to be king is because he doesn't think he's worthy. Yeah. Wrath has a major insecurity complex. Dude, he has all the insecurities. Wrath was born in the late 17th century. And when he was still a non-vampire... See, that's the weird thing. Like, even if you're a full-blood vampire, you're still not, like, a vampy vampire until you're 25 in transition. So he was just a normal dude, yet full-blood vampire. And he, I guess he was, like, a scrawny dude. 
and kind of gangly and nerdy. People picked on him, and he was weak. You will ruin the day. He had bad eyesight. Which he continued to have bad eyesight. That was actually one aspect of the character I really liked. Yeah, that's true. Wrath is blind. I thought it was cool. He's like Daredevil. (laughs) Well, (laughs) he is. He's so like Daredevil. I can't say any of the things I'm thinking. Why not? I think I'm in a weird brat mood. I I just don't think that's going to go well. I think it's better if I don't. Okay. Oh. (laughs) All right. I'll just be over here unfulfilled. Thanks. I'm trying to self-censor and be an adult. I think you're just being selfish. Hence the brat. Yeah. (laughs) So Wrath is a scrawny blind youngling i guess at the age of 22 living with his folks the king and queen of vampires when his folks are attacked and murdered in front of him in an effort to protect wrath they locked him in like a closet or something i don't even know to hide him away he witnessed his parents death and he did not protect them because he couldn't escape from where he was locked up because he was a weak little kid Although he was 22. Yeah, but I mean, he didn't have like vampire strength or anything. And depending on what he was put in. I guess. See, the thing is, is when I read, when I read his backstory, I was picturing like a little kid going through this. And then I found out he was 22. And I was like, oh, that's, that kind of changes things a little bit. It does. But I mean, again, (laughs) if we're looking at it through like the vampire culture thing then yeah i mean he'd be a kid because he's what 300 when the story starts so after his parents are murdered he runs away and goes off to live with the humans as a human because he just can't live with himself and he's basically this poor scrawny beggar boy he lives and works as a servant he gets picked on but when the magical age of 25 comes upon him He beefs up, like, instantly. Yes, he (laughs) insta-beefs. And now he's a huge man with powerful thighs. (laughs) But his eyes still suck. And then the mate that his parents picked out for him, whose name is Marissa, appears. And he drinks her blood and becomes a vampire. (laughs) But he's a total dick to Marissa. Yeah. Marissa has lived like her entire life trying to make Wrath love her. Poor Marissa. But Wrath will never love her because he he just doesn't feel it for her. And he can't be a decent being either, apparently. I don't know. Like, that's the weird thing because he does keep telling her, please, please break it off with me. Because if he breaks it off with her, then she'll be looked down on in vampire society. But if she breaks it off with him, then she's able to save face. And so he keeps telling her, like, will you please just break it off with me? I can't give you what you want. That's not a thing that's ever going to happen. I'm a grumpy asshole. (laughs) Just break it off with me. And she's like, no, I will change myself until you love me. Excuse me while I make myself an origami shape. So you got the 411 on Wrath. And we're back in present day now. Wrath learns that Darius blew up in the car. Darius's last wish was for Wrath to help his daughter transition. And so now Wrath kind of feels guilty. And he's like, okay, fine. I will do it if I have to. Well, guilt is the way to reach him. Kind of. It's one of the few things he feels other than anger and violence. So he goes over to Beth's house, but Beth already has a visitor because (laughs) Butch, the cop from before, has come to her apartment to harass her. 
and learn her story about why she was so upset the night before. Beth does tell him. She gives him a report, and Butch is really pissed off about it. Not at Beth, but at the dude who hurt her. And he knows who this dude is and goes after him. And he ends up getting arrested, I think. We learn that the person who attacked Beth is named Billy. Because of course he is. Why? I don't know. What 18-year-old goes by Billy? One who still wants to be a kid. I don't know. There's something about the characters' names in this book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, we haven't even got to the Black Dagger Brotherhood names yet. (laughs) Yeah, I must admit, when I looked at the notes, I was like, oh, that's how they're all spelled. Yeah, there was a lot of dudes. I'm like, this is is a lot of people. I can't keep track of this many people. Yeah, let's just say, you know, Beth, I think, has the most normal name out of everyone else. Marissa's not that unusual. Oh, yeah, I guess Marissa isn't. Butch is kind of normal. Butch is, like, old school. Yeah. Like, I picture, like, a... 40s detective. Yeah, I I kind of think like <laughs> some of the way this story was coming across, I think it was kind of like the was it the Sam Spade and the Yeah, the film noir. Yeah. Yeah, it had that feel to it for me as well. But it was weird cuz there was well, I mean it's dated now, but slang in there as well. Yeah. Because this was written or published, I think, in 2005. I don't know. It was a weird combination of stuff. You're right. It very much had like a, hey there, little lady. I'm going to help you. See? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it did. (laughs) I mean, that was Butch, right? Yeah, totally. It's like, oh, yes. Essentially. (laughs) Thank you for trying to be helpful and condescending at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wrath does not like... That another guy, another male, is around Beth. Oh, gosh. Because already he's starting to feel like the insta-lust, I would say. Because he can smell her. (laughs) She smells amazing. (laughs) Yay, she showered. (laughs) Well, yeah. After Butch leaves, Wrath comes to Beth's apartment. She, like, freaks the fuck out. She thinks it's a nightmare. She thinks she's being attacked. And then she wakes up and is like... Oh, it was just a dream. But then the next day, Wrath comes back to her house. And he's like, okay, I don't want to wipe her memory again. Can we please just not scare the shit out of her this time? One can hope. It does go a little bit better. She, for some reason, thinks that Butch sent him. Like, he he manages to get it out, you know, that he's there to protect her. And she thinks, oh, oh, you're from Butch. Of course, you can come in, strange giant man wearing black leather. Butch is really, like, aggressive in his, I'm gonna, like, look after you. So it kind of makes sense that she would put those things together. He didn't say he was from Butch. That's true. (laughs) I'm just saying it makes sense. I mean, stranger danger. Yeah, I mean, woman living alone, you kind of think a little more aware of those kinds of things, maybe. I mean, she, well, she does have a pepper spray, but like, yeah. But she lets him in. They are instantly attracted to each other, like overcome with it. Instant love or lust. You know how like in past episodes I've said like, you can control yourself. You can always control yourself. I don't think these two could control themselves like at all. I don't think so either. I, I don't think they had a choice. <laughs> no, I don't think they did either. So they have amazing, crazy sex. She goes to sleep. When she wakes up, he's gone. Because of course he is, because he's a vampire. He had told her, though, 
oh, I want you to come meet me at this address. And she was like, oh, okay. She's actually like really into him at this point. I should hope so. (laughs) Because he's the first guy she's ever actually been hot for. Ever, ever, ever. Like so much so that she thought maybe she was gay, but turns out she's not hot for women either. So that's a thing. It's been a revelation for her. But later when Beth talks to Butch about his friend, Butch is like, who? (laughs) And Beth realizes, oh, oh shit. (laughs) I just let a complete stranger into my house, fuck the shit out of him and plan to go on a date with him later. What is wrong with me? Life just got complicated (laughs) and awkward. (laughs) I think, too, like when she asks him his name and he says his name is Wrath. And she's all, oh, is that your first or last name? And he says both. (laughs) Like Madonna. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, We're leaving so much out. We are. But that's the thing is in this novel, the point of view jumps so much. And I'm not sure how much of it is central to the plot. I don't know. But now we're in the head of Mr. X. Oh, right. Mr. X is our villain. He's the one who set the car bomb, blew up Darius. He belongs to a group called the Lessers. I don't think they got to make up their name. (laughs) So remember how I talked about the uh, virgin scribe? Apparently there's also in this world a creature called the Omega, who's like the opposite of the virgin scribe and was pissed off that she was able to create creatures aka vampires and the omega is unable to create things so the omega created the group called the lessers (laughs) i don't know if your boss created a department and called it the lesser (laughs) department you'd kind of wonder well you wouldn't have to wonder where you are on the totem pole you know well i mean they kind of are pretty low down (laughs) on the totem pole let me guess, gonna have to work weekends, gonna have to, (laughs) no bonuses. (laughs) Well, see, and I thought that they were called the lessers because they're lessening the amount of vampires in the world. Oh, I thought they had self-esteem issues. (laughs) Or someone was just really mean when they named them. So to become a lesser, your heart gets removed from your body and put into a jar. That includes your soul or something? And then you become a basically a slave of the Omega. You are no longer able to have sex or eat or do anything fun ever except kill. So if you like killing people, really, I think that is who this job speaks to. Have we got an organization for you? (laughs) You know, sociopathic assholes? Yes, sign up. But they are essentially immortal until they're killed. You know, like they don't age or die naturally. And as they age, they start losing color. So their hair starts going white. Their eyes start losing color. Their skin goes pale. So the longer that someone is lesser, the more pale they are. Mr. X has recently been made like the second in command to the Omega. He has a plan get rid of all the vampires and his plan is to extinguish the members of the Black Dagger Brotherhood. The Black Dagger Brotherhood is a group of vampires, including Wrath and Darius up until he died, who are like the warrior class 
of the vampires. They have special skills and abilities, and they protect the civilian vampires from being staked. Yes. The other members of the Brotherhood all have fun names, such as Rage, Torment, Vicious, Fury, and Zadist. But they're all spelt with H's. <laughs> yeah, that's a little, a little peculiar. You know, it's not Rage, it's R-H-A-G-E. Yeah. I can almost look past Torment because he goes by Tor, T-O-H-R. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of trouble with Fury. I'm sorry, P-H-U-R-Y. The funny thing is, and this, I wonder if this, if this struck you at all as funny, Uh-oh. is that Darius is also a member of the Black Dagger Brotherhood, but his name is Normal. <laughs> it's because he was the first one. <laughs> So we have Wrath, Rage, Torment, Vicious, Fury, Sadist, and Darius. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just got a kick out of it. (laughs) (laughs) I think, see, this is my theory. Like, Darius was like an older guy first and like all the newer guys were like, no, this will be cool. And he's like, no, I'm going to stick with Darius. I'm good with Darius. (laughs) You kids do whatever. I don't know. We don't ever get to find out because Darius dies at the beginning. <laughs> That's true. What about that doctor vampire? Is He's not a... Havers? He's not a member, is he? No. No, he's not. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, the doctor vampire is the brother of Marissa. Yes. Anyways, part of Mr. X's plan is to kill prostitutes to lure civilian vampires out with the scent of blood. To then capture the civilian vampire and torture them until they reveal where he can find the Brotherhood vampires? Yes. We get to read a whole scene about him killing a prostitute and doing this. Yeah, this book is not kind of sex workers in multiple ways. No. A lot of prostitutes die in this book. It wasn't even that. Like, it was, I think there was that scene where, like, Beth was going to get upset if a prostitute, like, if Wrath needed to feed and got got some sort of, like, STD or something. As a result, like, she was getting mad at the sex worker. Oh. I feel like you have some feelings that might be a little misplaced. I mean, she's just doing her job. Exactly. Butch and Beth go on kind of a date, sort of. Beth has decided to totally write off the hot dude that she fucked the other night because she can't believe that happened. But when Butch kisses her, she feels nothing. Butch can tell she feels nothing. And he's sad, yet respectful about it, I felt. But then Wrath shows up. Wrath is upset because of the kissing. Butch arrests Wrath. Wrath doesn't resist arrest, even though he's fully capable of leaving. Butch is like disarming him. And it's like... (laughs) It's like a cartoonish amount of of weapons that he's taking off of Wrath at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right before Butch takes Wrath away, Wrath tells Beth that her father sent him. And that's why he came to her. So Beth follows them back to the police station. But before she gets there, Butch, overcome with pride, I guess, decides he's not going to call for backup to help him with Wrath. He's going to bring him in on his own. But Wrath overpowers him, drags him down an alley, and starts throttling him badly. Like he almost dies. Butch doesn't care. Like Butch is like super apathy man. Yeah, and he's Mr. like police brutality too. And he's like, fine, kill me, whatever. 
Beth arrives just in time, stops Wrath from killing Butch, and then Wrath is trying to convince her to go with him, and he starts telling her of all the symptoms of the change, because he can tell that she's been having these symptoms. He can tell that she's actually going to change into a vampire. She thought she was just getting sick. (laughs) But he tells her some stuff that makes her believe, oh, yeah, maybe I better go with you. It sounds like you know what you're talking about. So she leaves with him, and they go to Darius's house. Wrath has set up camp at Darius's house. He tells Beth that this is her father's house, and it's essentially her house now. And he reveals that he's a vampire, and tells her about how she's going to change into a vampire, but he's going to help her, and all this stuff. Meanwhile, Butch wakes up, and everyone's looking for Beth, although Butch is in a really bad way. I'm not really sure if I care. Did you care that Butch was in a bad way? I don't know. Like, for the first half of the story, I think Butch was my favorite character. Oh, uh uh-huh. I thought he was, like, interesting. Like, oh, huh, that's kind of fun. I think I liked the film noir detective thing he had going on. Mm -hmm. I liked the the comparison between, like, you know, toxic masculinity human man and toxic masculinity (laughs) vampire man. Different flavors. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it was it was kind of fun. I enjoyed it. The second half, I didn't like him as much. You'll learn why. <laughs> so while uh, Beth and Rath are alone at Darius's house, I guess it's her house now, right? Yeah, it's hers. They're alone. Rath has two needs. The need for sex and the need for blood. None of which are speed. <laughs> at first, the need for sex is overriding his other need. And he and Beth have all the sex. And it's amazing. But once that's over and he's sated, then the need for blood rears its ugly head and he does not want to drink from Beth because he's worried he'll hurt her because at this point, she's still just a lowly human. She is squishy. So he sends her away and then he summons Marissa and drinks from her. And it's very intense. He's picturing Beth this whole time because that's who he wants to be with. Marissa, at first thinks, oh, finally, 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 he likes me. But then she takes a little peek into his thoughts and sees the other woman. And she's just like, oh, my life sucks. (laughs) Poor Marissa. I think you may have been going poor Beth. I was going poor Marissa. Yeah. Although this is the point where Marissa, you know, toughens up and she tells him she wants to end the covenant that they have. I know. I was so excited. I was so happy for her. I was like, yes, you go, girl. You deserve someone way better than Wrath. He treats you like crap. I could be wrong, but I think she's the only character that changes. Like who has a character arc? Yeah. Because, yes, I mean, I know Beth goes through like a physical change, but like. Yeah, no, Beth stays about the same, like character wise. Wrath, he changes a little bit because he, by the end of the story, he decides he's going to take up the mantle of King. Right. His crown of grump. I'd say Marissa has one of the more interesting stories. Yeah, she was my favorite, honestly. Yeah. So, (laughs) moving on. Let's talk a little bit about Wrath and Beth's relationship because... Ooh, yes, let's. They're hot for each other. (laughs) They want each other. Beth is like halfway in love with him. Wrath is basically all the way in love with Beth, but pretending he's not. And he still has plans at this point in the story. I'm going to help her through the change and then I'm going to leave her alone. (laughs) Can't let myself get too close because that would be bad. Because I'm going to (laughs) leave. So even though he has these feelings, he invites her to a date, like dinner at his house. And she's all excited. She gets all dressed up for it. 
she gets there. Does she find sweet loving Wrath, who made love to her earlier? No, she finds Mr. Grumpy Pants. Yes. Who's super grumpy because he likes her and he doesn't want to like her. <laughs> yes, and he's 300 years old, but he can't be an adult about it. I mean, it's just a vampire thing. Um Ooh. I think vampires are just grumpy. A lot of them are. Yeah, but there's so many characters that are just grumpy. They're a werewolf. They're grumpy. They're an alien. They're grumpy. So much grump. That's true. <laughs> just Mr. Grumpy Man. <laughs> yeah, if you like a grumpy hero, this book <laughs> really serves I'm it. I'm not against a grumpy hero. It just <laughs> seems like so many of them are that I just, I get grumped out. <laughs> <sighs> be grumpy marinate in it don't care i don't <laughs> mind a grumpy hero it's when he's an asshole grump that it gets to me and wrath is an asshole when he's grumpy <laughs> this is true i don't mind like the gloomy like i'm gonna lurk in the shadows and lick my wounds yeah i i don't mind that either it's just it's but just does he have to be a dick to the heroine yeah because i mean otherwise you know they could get together earlier in the story they're already together he just hasn't admitted it to himself yet eh, true i don't understand it but then again i don't understand a lot of things so we got a few different storylines going now we've got the wrath beth storyline where they're on the road to grumpy town slash relationshipville we have the mr x storyline where he's still killing prostitutes and trying to learn info we have the cop storyline where butch and Jose, the married cop, and the other cops are trying to solve the crimes, like the murders of the prostitutes. They're trying to find Beth. They're trying to do all these things. And they kind of think Wrath is the one who's been murdering prostitutes. We also have the Marissa storyline, where now that Marissa has decided, heck no, I'm not going to be with Wrath anymore. She goes home. She tells her brother she's not going to be with Wrath anymore. Her brother is very grateful because this whole time he's hated Wrath for treating his sister like an asshole. Or for being an <laughs> asshole to his sister. <laughs> I mean, he well, might. And then we have the storyline with Billy, because Billy isn't just bitter, 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 bitter. Mr. Sexual Assault Man from the beginning. He's being recruited by Mr. X to become a lesser. Dun, dun, dun. Billy's all for it because he wants to kill people. <laughs> Well, that is the organization to join if <laughs> murdering innocent people is your thing. It doesn't seem like a good organization to join if you like committing sex crimes, though. Well, he's got to start somewhere, you know? So we have we have all these storylines, and we're in the middle of the book now, and so they're starting to converge and intersect, and things are starting to get tangled up. Butch finds Beth, but Beth is in a bad way because her change is upon her. Butch sees this and thinks, oh no, that jerk got her hooked on drugs because he thinks Wrath is a drug guy. And he sees Beth spiraling and thinks, oh no, she's in the throes of withdrawal. She's going to die. And she convinces him to take her to Wrath. He thinks he's taking her to Wrath to get another dose. And then he can maybe take her away to a hospital or something. I don't know. Yeah, because at first he's like, oh, she needs a fix. I know why she's withdrawal. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. Yeah, but once they arrive, you know, Wrath immediately takes her off and Butch gets to hang out with the other vampire dudes. And at that point, they basically tell him about vampires, I think. They, they let him in on the big secret. Because while he's hanging out with the dudes, 
Marissa shows up and Butch is instantly enamored with her. She really likes him too because he treats her like a person. Imagine that. (gasps) Weird. (laughs) But she disappears like right in front of him and that's when he learns vampires are a thing. (laughs) Well, that would be kind of eye-opening. Beth has her transition. It's great. Well, it's not great. But once she's transitioned, it's great. After she makes it through, Wrath asks her to marry him. She says yes. Wrath talks to... Wrath? What the fuck does he do? Wrath does like some <laughs> ritual. And then he's able to talk to the to the virgin scribe. And he asks her to annul the relationship that he has with Marissa. And allow him to marry Beth instead. And the virgin scribe agrees on the condition that he will pick up the mantle of being king and lead his people. And Rath agrees because he wants to marry Beth. Then Rath and Beth get married. Marissa goes back home. Marissa's brother Havers thinks that Rath is still taking advantage of her because she comes back and she's all moony over somebody and he doesn't know what's going on. So he sneaks off and asks Zadist to kill Rath. And Zadist um, answers him, with a big fat no, but the person who saw this go down was Tor, who... Oh, this is so confusing. Yeah, it, it's a lot of characters. I honestly, I think Tor stood out to me, Zeta stood out to me, the others were just names. Well, Vicious was kind of like the bro man who was friends with Butch. I didn't get as good of a sense of Fury, except that Fury is Zeta's brother. Just so many of them. I don't know, they're all gonna get a book, I'm sure. Or they all have a book, I'm sure. Well, there's 20 books in the series so far, so presumably there's even more. Yeah. (laughs) Assuming, you know, it's a romance per book sort of situation. Yeah, probably. So Havers tries to hire Zadis to kill Wrath, but Zadis tells him no. So then Havers gets cornered by Mr. X and tells him where to find Wrath in exchange for being let go. So now Mr. X knows where Wrath lives. He's super thrilled by this because he's going to get to capture the king. Yay! Yay! Tor overheard the conversation Havers and Zetas had, part of it, not the part where Zetas said no. And so he tells on Zetas to Wrath. So now Zetas is in trouble. He's probably going to get killed. Also, Havers is probably going to get killed. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, Beth learns that she's able to still go out in the sun. Apparently this is very rare, not a lot of vampires can, but possibly because she is half human, she's still able to go out in the sun. And so she's up, stairs in the house, making herself a sandwich. Yay, sandwich. When she sees this guy come up to the door and she realizes that he's no good and starts to run away and then she gets trank darted. Oops. Guess who it was? It was Mr. X. So now Mr. X has stolen Beth away and he's super gleeful because he got the queen. Yay, he did the big chess move. He's working through the rest of the daylight to secure his facility so that he can properly capture the king because he knows that Wrath is going to come for Beth. That's the whole reason he took her with him. Wrath is pissed the fuck off, but he can't do anything because it's still daytime. (laughs) Meanwhile... Marissa finally tells Havers that she is not with Wrath anymore. And then Havers tells her, oh, well, you still can't go over to Darius's house because, oops, I told the lessers about it. (laughs) Beth wakes up from her tranquilized state. She is strapped to a table and she watches Mr. X and Billy 
who she met earlier in the book. Uh, <laughs> prepare to deal with wrath <laughs> for when he comes for her. However, I don't think they were very prepared because once the sun sets, wrath appears and it's like an explosive fight. Wrath ends up managing to partially free Beth so she can free the rest of herself. He's fighting. They're guard dogs. Billy shoots Wrath in the stomach. Wrath kills Billy. Beth kills a guard dog. Mm. Beth puts a hammer through Mr. Hex's head. Improvement. It's crazy. Butch and Vicious show up and say, oh, feed Wrath some of your blood to help heal him because Wrath got a belly wound from being shot. And that's not good. No. But her blood isn't good enough. Marissa and Havers also arrive and Marissa gives Wrath her blood instead because she's not pure, but nearly pure. So she has very nice, wonderful healing blood. And Havers has them take Wrath back to his OR so that he can perform vampire doctor tricks and heal him. He feels guilt over trying to get Wrath killed, but mostly I think he feels guilt over how fucking upset Beth was. I think. Yeah, I think so. So Wrath is unconscious for two days. He finally wakes up. Sleeping beauty. Beth has been with him this whole time. He tells Beth he's planning to leave the Brotherhood, start his kingliness, and then he grants Haver's mercy because Haver's motivation had been to protect Marissa. And I think Wrath feels guilty over treating Marissa badly. Yeah. And then Wrath tells all of the Black Dagger Brotherhood dudes that he's going to be king now. They are super thrilled, like in a relieved way. Woohoo! <laughs> so like, oh, finally, thank God we'll have some real leadership. Thank you, Wrath, for being an adult. <laughs> it only took 300 years. And then we find out that only one of the Lesser's jars was found. So they found Billy's jar, but they did not find Mr. X's jar. Dun, dun, dun. And then we're in Mr. X's point of view. He wakes up while everyone was distracted over Wrath's dying. He managed to go and hide and the Omega helps him recover, which sounds like it was terrifying, but it didn't go into detail. And then we get this cliffhangery thing where Darius talks to the Virgin Scribe in, I don't know, Vampire Heaven. And she reincarnates him somehow. And then um, we get an epilogue where Wrath and his buddies and Beth are all going to move in together into one of Beth's awesome properties. One big happy family. The end. And I'm sorry, that was a really complex story. I don't think I did it justice, honestly, because the author had a lot of different threads going through. And they did make sense, I think, in the book. Yeah. I think as far as plot twists and things being interconnected with other things and circling back around on each other and stuff like that, I thought it was well written in that way for sure. Yeah, she handled that well. Yeah, so I definitely didn't do it justice <laughs> in this podcast. Well, it's hard because it's sort of, <laughs> I mean, for our purposes, it's kind of better to have just maybe a couple threads, beginning, middle, end, to talk about in depth. Yeah, just like the one through line, you know, and in this book, I mean, the through line, I guess, is that Beth and Wrath get together and Beth turns into a vampire and then they become king and queen, right? Yeah, there, there is definitely a romance through line, but of course, it's it, it's surrounded by lots of layers of other things, which 
because this does turn into a series, I mean, obviously this must have been planned out that way. I think so. There is so much lore in this book. Yeah. There's vocabulary in this book that we didn't even go into about like special roles that vampires play with each other and things like that. There's the whole religion aspect and how apparently gods are real or something mm -hmm. and interact with a bull. Yeah. Interactive. <laughs> There's the vampire powers, which I kind of briefly touched on as they did stuff. But I mean, they can disappear and reappear wherever they want. They can read each other's minds. They can <laughs> do all sorts of things, you know, and depending on how strong they are and other factors, I guess, you know, they may or may not have other powers too, like Beth's able to go out into the sun. And then there's the whole thing that we didn't talk about a whole lot, how Wrath is basically blind. He can see shadows, I guess, but he lives like a seeing person. I, I must admit, I did find it amusing when, I think it's when she was with Butch and he got jealous or whatever. The comment in the book or the writing in the book was, and I'm paraphrasing, was, yes, he might be blind, but he could see that there was a man with her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there's a there's a lot going on in this story, a lot going on in this story. If any of it sounded good to you at all, you should definitely read it because there's a lot that we missed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we we need longer than than the time that we have allotted to, <laughs> right? to cover it all. We we just would. How was the audiobook this time? Uh the narrator was Jim Frangioni and I think he did a really good job you know I appreciated and actually really liked that despite all the different point of view changes and everything it, there was one narrator throughout so that had that nice consistency he varied his performance or narration for for who was talking and I think he did a really good job because there, there was a lot yeah, there really, really was. There were so many characters. One thing the author did really well, I think, was differentiate the different characters. Mm -hmm. I feel like I got a pretty good sense of most of the main or primary characters' personalities. Yeah. A lot of times when you read a book and there's a lot of characters, it's just like a list of names and they just filter in and out like this person did this and that person did that. But in this book, I kind of got a good sense of personalities for a lot of these characters. I did with with all of them, except for when it came to the Brotherhood. Like I said, there was Wrath and Tor and Zadist. Beyond that, the other guys weren't didn't stand out to me so much. Yeah, I feel like I got a really good sense of them oh, because good. there's this underlying thread that each of the members of the Brotherhood have some kind of curse or burden to bear. And Rage has this issue where if he gets too mad or too angry, he like turns into this uncontrollable beast. And it seems like he transforms into a beast, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It was hard to really get a good impression of it. Rage is the one who's like, no, no, let's keep my blood pressure low, <laughs> y'all. You know, he's like the Hulk. Yes. He's like the Bruce Banner of the group. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Tor seems like the right-hand dude to Wrath. Second-in-command, supporting dude. Yeah. Vicious seemed like a total bro. You know, he was into the sports and rode it up with Butch. Zadist was made out to just be like a scary motherfucker mm -hmm. with no morals. But, you know. <laughs> Although he does have some morals because he refused to kill Wrath. He's like, no, I'm not going to kill the king. And, and he wasn't killing the prostitutes. He got blamed for it, but he wasn't 
the one actually doing it. Right. The only one I really didn't get a good sense of was Fury, who's Zeta's brother. Yeah, was that the twin? There was a twin. Yeah, Fury and Z were twins. Oh, and we didn't even mention Fitz. Fitz is the, like, the butler dude, Darius's assistant, who Beth basically inherits. Yes. And I forget what his his species or race is called, but it's like a complementary race to the vampires where they're, you know, they're basically like the day-walking servants of the vampires. I think they're thing. called Doggins. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they were called. Yeah. I liked Fitz. I thought he was charming. Fitz was amazing. Yeah. He was sweet. <laughs> okay. So are you happy for their happy M? I thought they seemed happy. I mean, he didn't seem, and this, this has happened before with other books that we've read, where it was like, okay, this alpha guy, and I'm genuinely concerned for her well-being, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like she's safe with him. Yeah, I think she was. I think they're happy to be with each other, so, you know, I'm happy enough. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I I think I'm happy. I mean, they did have the good chemistry. We didn't get as much couple time as, as we could have gotten because there was a whole lot of other story elements going on, which I think was fine for this book. This was very much like a hot vampire book. You got the hot vampires and they were happy together. This was very much an action oriented story. I think that the time that we did get with the couple together, they did talk things out. They did spend a lot of time with each other where they wanted to get together when wrath is injured beth is just by his side the whole time (laughs) we're led to believe that the only reason wrath didn't die is because he didn't want to leave beth it was romantic in a vampire way i guess (laughs) yeah how would you rate beth for her i put almost awesome and then my additional little snarky note was marissa wore it better (laughs) beth was okay I mean, she she got herself out of trouble. She, you know, held her own in fights. She was able to convince the hero to let her do things and not be quite so oppressive. What about you? I would say she's awesome. I especially agree with you about um, her getting the hero to let her do stuff. Because right after they get married, he tries to forbid her to do something. And she's like, um, no, we're not doing this. This is stupid. And he's like, oh, okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Beth was interesting. She was a cool character. She fought for herself. She was strong. I think the biggest flaw with her character is that she didn't have much of a journey. I mean, she turned into a vampire, but she was like, okay, I'm a vampire now. Yeah, I mean, she did have the whole, like, like she didn't have parents. She was raised through the system thing. I didn't see any development in the character that would have... It's like she was given this interesting backstory, but her character never became anything other than a vampire. Yeah, I mean, it might be important to note that the story kind of ends a bit on a cliffhanger. So, you know, it ends with her being queen. Yeah. So maybe something comes of that. I don't know. And that's kind of the tricky thing with romance because it's like, okay, so another book, a different couple. But it's like, well, how how would Beth deal with being queen? You know, here's someone who spent her maybe entire life because I don't think she knew either parent. No, she was in the foster system. Now she has, you know, her found family. There would be... I would think growing pains with that, you know, certainly not only does she 
have the responsibility of being part of a family, but then she literally has royal duties of some kind. Yeah. Like responsibility to a people, you know? So that's why I put like almost awesome. It's like, I guess it's not that the other aspects of the story weren't interesting. I think I personally would have preferred less of all the side narratives and more focus, not just on the couple, but like on these characters, you know, maybe, maybe they should have gotten together earlier in the story. I mean, they had that instant connection, you know, the story could have also had a little bit of the, Hey, no, you can't just do something. Cause now you have a family to think of, or you cannot make certain decisions because they impact these people that are entrusted to you. Or something. Well, so I just looked up the series, uh and it looks like later in the series, there is another book that follows Wrath and Beth. Oh, okay. Um, It's not the next book. It's like later on. Oh, okay. So maybe we do get some more of that later. That would be good. How would you rate Wrath? I put mainly awkward. The dude made me laugh, but I don't think it was always intentional. (laughs) I was quite amused through a lot of the book, but I don't. I don't think he always meant to be as funny as he was. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? (laughs) I think like Oxum. Okay. (laughs) Um, Because there were some things about him that were really fun and I really enjoyed. I liked that. I mean, for a 300 year old vampire, he did a pretty good job of like changing a bit to align with the values of a modern woman. Mm -hmm. A very good job, really. Yeah, he was an asshole grump, but sometimes he was just a grump, and I don't mind that. There was a lot about him that was interesting that I would like to know more about, like the stuff with his sight, how does he function so well, the stuff with his past, like why does he feel so guilty over not being able to fight and protect his parents and go after the people who killed him. Like there's, there's a lot going on there. I feel though that there's some awkwardness because he is just so very much like that alpha hole yeah through parts of the story and i just uh it's not for me i know some people like that so if you do yay for you but for me it's not a thing that i really appreciate and it just kind of didn't mix well with the parts of his personality that i did like and so i just left feeling kind of eh, i don't know how i feel about him and then this isn't Wrath's fault or the author's fault or the book's fault, but I'm just not really a big vampire person. Well, everybody's <laughs> got their preferences. <laughs> so it's hard for me to connect on that level, too. It's like, oh, hot vampires. Yay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're like an old, old, old bloodlusting creature hooking up with like a 20-something woman. Ew. Yeah, the bloodlust, too, was... I mean, it's always so intense and it's just sometimes it's a bit much. Although I didn't really mind it how the author did it in this book, how they drink each other's blood. Like that's what they need. Yeah, no, I like that. I I honestly, I liked a lot of the lore stuff. And I kind of wonder um, if the author does anything um, with the, you know, with LGBT sort of themes because the lore doesn't seem to really handle that at this point. Hmm. I don't know. What about the villains in this book? Mr. X worked in a martial arts studio, so he had disciples, for lack of a better way to put it. And I didn't write all of them down, but it's really, it's basically Mr. X and Billy. Yeah, for the most part. And Havers. And Havers. Although, I mean, he's certainly adversarial. He's complicated. 
but at least his comes from a place of of wanting to stick up for his sister as opposed to Billy and Mr. X. I mean, they're both appropriately awful, I guess would be the best way to put it. <laughs> they were good villains or antagonists or whatever. I I sort of felt like I needed more constant threat, but you know, I felt as far as their horribleness, they were sufficiently horrible. What about you? So along with Mr. X and Billy and Havers, I also have the Omega because that's the uber big bad that's currently behind the scenes. I would say that this book served to set up Mr. X as a villain for other books in the series to be like his origin story or whatever. (laughs) In a way, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Billy was kind of a throwaway villain because he... He was appropriately villainous throughout the story, but then he dies at the end. I'm actually glad he died because <laughs> he was terrible. That's satisfying sometimes to have a villain die where you're like, yes, you have that cathartic moment. Yeah. Even though I don't really like cliffhangers, I do feel like the way it was done with Mr. X was was good. Yeah. You know, I'm sufficiently interested enough to see what might happen with him that I might read the next book. What is Mr. X's deal? <laughs> And the Omega, I feel like we got enough enticing bits about the Omega at the end because there was this part where the Omega shows up to help Mr. X heal himself. And it was something like, when the Omega shows up to help you, it's like worse than <laughs> not being helped or something like that. No, no, I can do it myself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I liked being able to be in uh, Mr. X's head in part of the story. I think that that made him feel more present for me, even though it did take away from, you know, the couple storyline a bit. I didn't mind it too much. There was a lot of brain jumping. There really was. I mean, as much as I like Marissa and, and all the, the other things going on, I sort of wish the story had focused more on Beth and Raph and then Mr. X or Billy. So he's maybe a little bit less of yeah. a sacrificial goat or whatever, that kind of thing. But I mean, I also think the way it was done was well done, too. So I, I don't know. Yeah. So how would you rate the book? I rated the book a three. I I liked it. You said you liked the lore. I didn't mind the lore. I think the issue for me, which is the issue for me in almost any vampire book, is that I don't really like vampires that much as heroes. I prefer them as <laughs> bad guys. They can be very good bad guys. I guess I just want to put that out there, you know, that I'm not a huge vampire fan and that probably affected my rating somewhat. Fair enough. I think there's a lot of weird stuff in this story (laughs) that might have affected it as well. I think you kind of have to read it to really fully grok the experience, (laughs) but it was good. It was fine. I might read the second one. What about you? How did you rate it? I gave it a three. Okay, fair. It was entertaining. I did enjoy the lore, you know, as much as... As the other aspects of the story, the what I would consider peripheral to the romance and I guess the adversary aspect, as much as those were well done, I sort of feel like, you know, they may have detracted a bit, especially since there was then less focus on the couple. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was to the couple's benefit, especially <laughs> when he was being an alpha hole. Yeah, we get kind of a break from him. <laughs> yeah. Of course, then there was Butch different flavor i feel like it was three i don't know if i necessarily would continue with the series maybe i'll feel like some vampire story at some point and, and be like oh yeah and then 
go read the next one. But I mean, I don't have any any plans to. But I did like the lore, so maybe I will. Just because I'm curious what's going to go on with the Omega. I think with the lore aspect of the story, the author did a really good job of just putting enough in there where you get a good sense of the richness of it without feeling overwhelmed by it. Yeah. I think that that is difficult to do. And I think that this author did a good job with it. And it did leave some questions lingering, but not in a painful way, more in a, oh, that would be interesting to know more sort of way. Agreed. Well, did you feel romanced? I don't think so. And I think, again, it's because of the vampire thing. There was the insta-lust at the very beginning where I I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed when that scene happened. I'm just like, really? You're going to just fuck him right there, really? Okay, you know, let Mr. Giant Leatherman into your house and <laughs> fuck him on the couch. Have fun. <laughs> different strokes they had good chemistry there was a lot of sexiness in this book but i didn't feel like there was a lot of romance in this book and i don't feel like i was very enticed by the couple's story i don't know maybe if there was more about the transition or something like that maybe maybe there could have been more of an opportunity there maybe there could have been more of an opportunity for them to get to know each other beforehand but really it was like he meets her she transitions he helps her they get married yay What about you? Did you feel romance this time? No. I was entertained (laughs) for various reasons. But yeah, no, I wouldn't. I would not say that I was romance. Part of that reason for that is the story didn't flow through the romance, if you will. If that makes any kind of sense. You basically summed up their romance with the hello, insta love. Oh, look, we're married. Yep. You know, and that's where I kind of question, like, is, is this a romance? I mean, it can be a paranormal story and not necessarily have to be a romance but it almost doesn't even feel like a romance despite the fact that there is a couple that is central to the story that does get together in the end it i wonder if it really does it still fit the criteria i don't even know (laughs) i know nothing well that's our criteria (laughs) what that i know nothing (laughs) no goal achieved (laughs) No, our criteria for for whether something's a romance is that the main characters are a couple that fall in love and get together throughout the course of the story and have a happy ever after at the end. Ah, uh, yes. Or a happy for now, potentially. Which they're all happy for now. I mean, who knows? <laughs> when the lights go out and the doors shut, <laughs> anything can happen. <laughs> What else have you been reading? I recently just finished, you know, because of Halloween. It's called (laughs) The Lady from the Black Lagoon by Mallory O'Mara. It's about Millicent Patrick, who designed the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. And basically, because of Mallory is hopefully now getting the recognition that she so richly deserves. Women not getting credit for things is a thing. (laughs) <laughs> that's old news yeah i mean it's it's just uh, it's so frustrating especially the to read about the lengths that her supervisor went to to ensure that no everybody's gonna think that i designed it that's infuriating yeah 
Oh, there's so much. I mean, she clearly did her homework. She she works in the entertainment industry, and so she definitely has feelings about how the industry handles basically able-bodied white men. Um, <laughs> correctly so. So I guess like Millicent Patrick, she for a time like even worked at Disney. Like reading about her career, where. Her life intersected all these other, what we cons- would consider like historical things like Hearst Castle, Disney. So yeah, she worked at Disney and even at Disney, like Walt had to send out a memo like, hey guys, don't be creepy. Wow. I know, I'm like, E2 Disney? Like, what the fuck? That's just so sad. That was the attitude then and it's changing now, but it has not changed. You know, she talks about that. It's her journey about discovering who Millicent Patrick was and ensuring that she gets the credit that she fucking earned because she came up with, like, a kick-ass design. At any rate, what are you reading? I'm in the middle of a series. Mm -hmm. Surprise, surprise. And I'm recommending the first book of the series that is called The Scorpion's Mate by Susan Trombley. This is a sci-fi romance series. Are you shocked? Yes. I'm I'm <laughs> clutching my pearls in shockedness. <laughs> so the Scorpion's mate follows a woman named Claire who gets abducted by aliens and held captive in like a scientific alien facility where she's subject to an experiment where they're trying to mate her to this genetically engineered scorpion warrior type dude who is, I guess, was originally like this giant scorpion style alien that they then added their own DNA to and changed. So he's like now like a humanoid scorpion alien dude and he's the only one of his kind, but he's a captive there as well and they're hoping that he'll imprint on her and then they'll be able to use her to enslave him to have him do the stuff that they want him to do Hmm. but he does imprint on her and because of that he freaks the fuck out (laughs) and they escape (laughs) (laughs) because he's like oh hell no (laughs) you're not doing that you're not taking my woman away (laughs) but she's my blankie I need her. (laughs) The heroine in this story is kind of an interesting person. She, um, before she got abducted, she was like famous for doing industrial dance videos on what the book's version of YouTube was. So that was kind of interesting. And she has like a cyber goth uh, clothing style. Okay. So she's kind of like a unique heroine in that kind of way which is interesting i actually had to google industrial dance so that i had an idea of (laughs) what that even was because i'm such an old fogey (laughs) (laughs) but she she truly falls in love with her scorpion alien buddy oh nice yeah she doesn't mind his look because she's into it and And he, um, part of his biology is that he imprints on a female's pheromone signature or something like that. At first, he couldn't help, like, his attraction to her or whatever. And that bothered her. But it comes to light that he is also in love with her. He's a very interesting hero, too, because even though he has a humanoid aspect, he is a scorpion that happens to look like a human (laughs) or human-ish. 
there's this one scene that's very funny where he um he goes to eat in front of her and his face looks like this humanoid like almost like an elf dude type face uh-huh. but then he like unhinges his jaw and like these big old like <laughs> mandible thingies come out and like <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> and she freaks out like she can't even look you know and then he's like concerned that she's never going to accept him because she screamed she's disgusted by him she's like i just kissed that mouth oh my god <laughs> Screaming can be an indicator of things sometimes. <laughs> but it's it's a good book. I'm four books in right now, and I've liked the ones that I've finished thus far. The second book is about a Kraken dude. Oh. So you get some variety. <laughs> Yay, variety. Tis the spice of life. And there's this underlying um, theme. It's very dystopian. This one alien society is doing like all this like genetic engineering type stuff to try to craft like the ultimate warrior thing that can take over worlds for them and stuff. And they end up creating like these creatures that are essentially slaves. Mm. And so they do break free, you know, and find their women and all that. But yeah, it's got kind of like a dark bit of a storyline to it. Interesting. So that's it for this time. Check out our website romancemepodcast.com for our show notes other episodes and our upcoming reads and don't forget you can subscribe on apple google amazon or spotify join us next time when we discuss winter's orbit by everina maxwell bye so you know how you can post post right yes. and you can pre-post right Anything. yes you can I just found out you can make pone. Pone is cornbread. <laughs> you didn't know about corn pone? No. I want pone bread now. <laughs> I didn't know about pre-poning. <laughs> yeah, it's a total thing. It's just like postpone, but just with pre, yeah. Oh my goodness. You're going to pre-pone that event. You're going to do something at an earlier time than was planned. Oh, that's so odd. That sounds weird. <laughs> I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs>